Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 97, How to Leave FeedBurner, if you really want to. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is a how-to podcast about podcasting and using Audacity. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. One tool you may need today, duct tape, because your head may explode from this content that I'm going to share with you. Not because it's an amazing content, but because it's very in-depth, very technical, and very involved. See, there are rumors going around right now about FeedBurner maybe shutting down. Now, listen very closely. These are rumors. Yes, FeedBurner is having problems as of right now, September 24th, 2012. FeedBurner is having some problems. There have also been some other things, and I list a few of these in the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97. Like the FeedBurner API was deprecated a while back, and it will finally, more than a year later, be shut down on October 20th, 2012. The FeedBurner Twitter account and the AdSense for Feeds blogs have been shut down, but the reason given there was they weren't producing enough content to justify their existence makes sense. They weren't just, they weren't making much content. And also, interestingly, FeedBurner forgot to renew one of their domains and consequently lost a lot of Japanese RSS subscribers for Japanese producers. And now, since September 19th, or thereabouts for most people, FeedBurner has been having a stats problem. This is known to FeedBurner, and they came out on the Google blog and said, we know about this issue and we're working to fix it. For a couple days, it was the stats were not updating. It would say the same numbers as the previous day. But now, for the last several days, the stats have said zero, 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 zero for every single podcast and blog and RSS feed you have inside of FeedBurner. You've probably seen this. Now, this does not mean FeedBurner is shutting down. I've seen FeedBurner have problems like this before, and they've gotten back on their feet and fixed it and continued on. Could FeedBurner be shutting down? Sure, there's always that chance, but are they? I don't think so. So I'm going to tell you about how to leave FeedBurner before they shut down, or if you're on FeedBurner and you just feel like you don't need them anymore, but you want to leave them, or even if you want to use them, but not be forced to use the feeds.feedburner.com address, This information will help you. Now, like I said, this is very in-depth, so make sure that you look at the show notes over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97. Because this is so in-depth, I want to give you two quick announcements before I start this. One, 100th episode of the Audacity to Podcast is coming up on October 15th, 2012. I'll record that live at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, GMT minus 4 over at noodle.mx slash live. Please send me your tips for this. Even if you're just a podcast listener and you have a tip that you think would help other podcasters, it could be something like, hi, this is Daniel J. Lewis from danieljlewis.net, and I really would love it if podcasters would include their email address in their show notes. That would make a great tip. You could use that if you want, or anything else like that. If you're another podcaster, you listen to podcasts, you used to produce podcasts, if you have tips that other podcasters would benefit from, please send those. For the 100th episode, there will be 100 podcasting tips from so many amazing other podcasters like you. You're amazing. You podcast. You have experience. You have knowledge to share. So please send me those tips. Keep them shorter than 20 seconds in order to fit them all in. And you can you can really easily give a short, quick, simple tip in 20 seconds or fewer. So please send that to feedback at theaudacitytopodcast.com. Recorded or written would be fine. Just make sure it's shorter than 20 seconds worth. And second announcement, podcastawards.com. The, uh, the seventh annual podcast awards, I think it's the seventh, are starting up. I'm sorry, the eighth annual podcast awards are starting up. Nominations open on October 1st, 2012. Now, this means you can nominate your podcast to be in the voting 
for awards. Nominate your own podcast or other podcasts you listen to. So get your podcast subscribers interested in this and start telling them now to nominate your shows. And please nominate my podcast as well. The way the nominations work is you can only submit your nominations once, period. So get all of your nominations together and submit them all at one time. And then voting will be every day once the voting opens later on. So here's how I would love it if you would nominate all of our current Noodle Mix Network podcasts over at podcastawards.com. Under the business category, add Beyond the To-Do List at beyondthetodolist.com. By the way, you got to check out that podcast. It's new to the Noodle Mix Network with my friend Eric Fisher, and it's an amazing podcast. Releases every Tuesday. He's got some, oh, wow incredible content that's changing my life. I'm hearing hearing it's changing so many other people's lives, but nominate that under business. That needs to win an award. It needs to be in the nominations. Under comedy, nominate The Ramen Noodle from cleancomedypodcast.com. Under entertainment, I believe that would be the correct category for this one, nominate Once Podcast, our Once Upon a Time podcast from oncepodcast.com. Under religion, inspiration, Nominate Christian Meets World from ChristianMeetsWorld.com. And under technology, nominate this show, The Audacity to Podcast from TheAudacityPodcast.com. I'll have more information about this in the show notes and also on the website at TheAudacityPodcast.com. And eventually I'll put up a little video tutorial and a screenshot showing exactly what to put where uh, that will help out the network best. So all of that to submit at PodcastAwards.com. So Those are the two announcements, the 100th episode, send your tips, and podcast awards coming up. So now let's get into this content. Now, like I said, this is very in-depth. So look at the show notes. You may even want to listen, uh, read the show notes along with this podcast episode. And at the beginning of the show notes, I include very quick overview of what I recommend your process for leaving FeedBurner if you want to. Again, I'm not saying FeedBurner is shutting down. But if you want to leave FeedBurner for whatever reason, and I'm going to be going through some of this process too, not completely leaving FeedBurner, but changing my feed address that people use. So it's no longer feeds.feedburner.com. It'll be feeds.noodle.mx or something similar. So I will be changing that, but I'll still be running that through FeedBurner. So this information will help you. Now, like I said, this will be very in-depth, very technical on some things, but you can do it. And I'm giving you this information so you can do it. If you decide, wow, this is involved, this takes too much time, I really want to do this, but I don't know what all of this means, I don't have time to do this, I don't want to mess with this, then I'm here to help you. This does take time, so I need, uh, I would say, please hire me to do this for you. If you don't want to do it yourself, I'm giving you the information for how you can do it. But if you'd like to hire me to do this for you, then please email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 and leave a message there for me and I'll call you back or email you back. But this would be $200 per feed. And if you have a bunch of feeds, a bunch of podcasts that you need transitioned over, then we can adjust that price depending on how many you need and what the situation is for each of them. But if this gets too involved, then that can be an option for you that you can hire me to work on that for you. So I don't think FeedBurner is shutting down, but here's the big question. What if FeedBurner does shut down? If they do, I would assume they'll give you an option very similar to what happens if you choose delete feed. And I'll mention that feature because that's part of this process, but I'll explain what that does later on. But essentially, it gives you a 30-day window to do stuff. For 15 days, it redirects your feeds. Then for 15 days, it leaves a little notice saying the feed has moved. I'm guessing if FeedBurner does shut down, that's what they would do for everything across the board is they would say, activate this now so you can transfer your people you have until such and such date. That's if they do that. I would hope they would do so much even more than that. But worst case scenario is that if FeedBurner does shut down and you don't follow this procedure, worst case scenario is if you have used FeedBurner for everything and all of your subscribers are getting your FeedBurner feed from feeds.feedburner.com, worst case scenario is that you will lose every single subscriber to your blog or podcast. 
worst case scenario, okay? Most likely that won't happen. And that's why I'm sharing this information to you and offering if you'd like, you can hire me to do this for you so we can prevent that from happening for sure. But most likely that worst case scenario won't happen. Places like the FeedBurner alternative FeedBlitz like to jump all over this and proclaim that FeedBurner is shutting down and that you can move to FeedBlitz. Now, FeedBlitz does look like a really good service, and I want to check them out and review them at some point. But for now, I would say what's best is for you to control the domain that your pupils subscribe to. So that means not feeds.feedburner.com. Even if it runs through FeedBurner at some point, still, I think you need to control the address that people are subscribed to. So here's how you can change this. Again, show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97. First step, you need to go out there. Well, you need to know what your new feed URL will be. Maybe it's your regular source URL that you're feeding through FeedBurner. Maybe it's something completely different that you want to change it to. Like I will be changing my feeds to feeds.noodle.mx. I'll still run them for fe- through FeedBurner for now, but I will be changing that address. So for me, I would use that new address. So go through everywhere you have your feeds.feedburner.com URL linked and mentioned and change that to what you want your new URL to be. Because you want everyone out there seeing and subscribing to your new URL as soon as possible, your new RSS feed or the address. Change it everywhere you can, even if you have to go back and edit old posts. Now, WordPress has a really nice feature that in the posts list, you can search for something. So you could search for any post that links to your old feed address if you've done that inside a post, and you can update that. But you want to make sure that everywhere out there publicly visible, your new address is there. Make sure you also change what your website is redirecting to. Like a lot of people use these plugins that redirect the site feed to FeedBurner. So if anyone clicks subscribe when they visit your site, like they subscribe with their browser or some other tool that they use, they'll subscribe to FeedBurner because of the plugin that's redirecting it. You want to go through and change those plugins so it instead redirects those people to whatever your new feed address is that you want them to use. Or just disable it completely if you want them to use the site WordPress default feeds. So change your public feed URLs, then plan ahead and notify your subscribers. This is very important because this process does take a few weeks, at least a month or longer, really. I I think this process to do it effectively takes about 90 days to do this all effectively. Now, that's not solid work. Some of it is just you switch something and you wait for two weeks. Then you switch something else, then you wait two weeks, then switch something else, two weeks, switch, two weeks. So that's where the 90 days comes from. It's not constant daily activity. But it's important for you to plan this ahead of time and notify your subscribers. Whether you have a blog or a podcast, let people know that you're going to change something. And you could tell them, if you want to make sure that nothing goes wrong with your feed, please go to the site and resubscribe to our new feed addresses. But I'd really rather not tell my listeners that they have to resubscribe. I want to tell them that they don't have to resubscribe. They don't have to worry about anything. Like you, I'm telling you right now, I am changing my feed addresses. Now, you shouldn't have to do anything, but in case anything breaks, go back to the site, theaudacitypodcast.com or any of my other podcast sites and resubscribe in case there's a problem that lasts more than a day or two. So that's the kind of thing that you'd want to notify your subscribers and notify them at least a few weeks ahead of time, like four to six episodes or four to six weeks ahead of time that you're going to do this and remind them several times, not just in one episode, but remind them for several episodes. So that way, if you change something and if something breaks, then they'll know, oh yeah, he warned me that this could happen. Okay, I'll just go to the site and resubscribe and bingo, it's working now. So drill it into them that you're going to change this so that when you change it, if something goes wrong and you lose subscribers, they'll know that they need to resubscribe and they know already what they need to do. And hopefully you have something on your site that makes it very easy for them to subscribe. So plan ahead and notify your subscribers that you're going to do something. 
Do that for a few weeks before you actually change things. Now let's get into some of the things that you can change. Now this, I do, again, recommend you change early. We haven't gotten into the things yet that you change later when you're ready to make the switch, but you need to migrate your podcast podcast headings from FeedBurner. FeedBurner has this thing called SmartCast, which I don't like. I call it DumbCast because it has not been updated in years The podcasting spec has changed several times over the years. There are so many new features that you can implement in a podcast feed, especially with iTunes, and FeedBurner is completely oblivious to them. I talked about these in a previous episode of the Audacity to Podcast. If you go to theaudacitytopodcast.com, this was in episode 89, so theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 89, where I talked about Is FeedBurner still necessary for blogging and podcasting? And I explained some of the things that it can and can't do and why PowerPress is better for podcast management. But if you've been using SmartCast, then you need to transfer over to using PowerPress to configure your RSS feed for iTunes and other podcast stuff. Now, if you have a plug-in conflict with what PowerPress does, then I'd really say figure out a way to go without that other plugin that's poorly developed because it's their fault. It's not Blueberry and PowerPress's fault. It's someone else is most likely having a plugin problem. And I've seen this. A couple plugins that I've tried have had conflicts. And in talking with the developer, they said, oh, I was using this method to do this and I'm going to switch it over to this method, which won't have a problem anymore. So get good plugins. That's the moral of that story. So what you need to do Eight things here. Number one, log into FeedBurner and open your podcast feed. Only open one feed at a time. And anything, any instructions I give you when we're talking about working with a feed inside of FeedBurner, you can only do it one feed at a time. If you open multiple tabs, that messes things up a little bit. So just one feed at a time, one feed, one tab from FeedBurner. Go to the Optimize tab and then SmartCast. Now in a new window or a new tab, log into your WordPress site. Then go to the PowerPress settings and the iTunes tab. Now switch back and forth between your two windows, between the FeedBurner SmartCast and the PowerPress iTunes settings. And also you might need the iTunes or the PowerPress feed tab. And copy and paste the information from FeedBurner SmartCast into the same fields on PowerPress. That way you'll get all of the information over there back and forth. Then also copy any relevant information into PowerPress feeds tab, because that includes a little bit more there too. Then save your PowerPress settings, and then deactivate FeedBurner's SmartCast feature. If you do this, congratulations, because this means you now unlock so many more abilities that FeedBurner doesn't have, but the PowerPress does have certain things like enhancing how many episodes are in a feed or saying that the last 10 episodes will be the full information but anything beyond the last 10 episodes will be condensed information so you can put so many more episodes out there in your feed stuff like that you can do with powerpress can't do with wordpress i mean with the (laughs) feed burner so check that out so all of your information like the category the keywords the cover art the descriptions all of that will now be inside of wordpress which is great because if you need to change your feed you don't have to go to a separate site to change stuff about your podcast you go to your podcast site you log into your wordpress site change it on there instead of logging into powerpress site and changing it there so disable the smartcast feature so that's migrating your podcast settings from feedburner back into your WordPress site powered by PowerPress. Highly recommend PowerPress over anything else. Now, the other thing, and this may or may not apply to you, how to migrate your email subscribers. One of the great options FeedBurner does provide is email subscription service. And you can see whether you have this even enabled by going to the publicize tab in FeedBurner for your feed and see if there's a check mark next to email subscriptions. This is a service that allows you to uh, send automatic emails to anyone who selects it, who signs up, 
that they will receive an email within a certain time frame during the day that will have all of your most recent content. This is really nice, really handy way of automatically sending out emails to people who subscribe to your content through email instead of through an RSS reader or anything like that. This is really easy to migrate because in FeedBurner, you have a list of email addresses. You can take those email addresses and put them anywhere. You could email those people individually every time you post something new, but I'd I'd say don't. Don't abuse that. But here's what you could do. I suggest you get another email service and then go through these steps. Number one, log into FeedBurner and open your feed. Again, only one at a time. Two, Go to the Publicize tab and then click Email Subscriptions. Assuming this is enabled for you, then you'd see the little check mark there. Then three, go down to the bottom of the page and you'll see View Subscriber Details. Click on that and it expands out. Right underneath that then, step four, you'll see a spot that says Export CSV. And the CSV will be a clickable link that then downloads a file to your computer. Then, step five, open your email newsletter service like MailChimp. If you want to sign up for MailChimp, please use my referral link over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash MailChimp. That's M-A-I-L-C-H-I-M-P. Or I'll have that link in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97. It's free for most people. Uh, They have a great free plan, but they also have premium plans. Or you might sign up for a service like Aweber or Constant Contact or anything like that. But go to that site. Then log in to them, uh, open an account with one of those sites if you don't have one already. I like MailChimp. I, I really do. I like their approach to things. I like their features. I like their design. I've talked to their web designer. I have t-shirts from MailChimp that are really cool. I like MailChimp. So that's what I'm using for now. I know many people like Aweber and other services, but pick something that you like. I'll talk about email services in a future episode and how you can use an email list for your podcasters. Log into whatever service you use and follow their instructions for importing your downloaded CSV file into your mailing list. So create a new list, you import them, and then, this is seventh step, follow their instructions for setting up either a manual or an automatic RSS-powered email newsletter or a campaign. In MailChimp, this is manual it can automatically pull the information in, but the actual sending of it has to be manually set up. But still, this is a lot better than nothing, and it's a great alternative to FeedBurner. There are other things that you could do, like Jetpack plugin, which is really, I think, a bloated plugin, but it has a way that people can subscribe to receive your posts through email and other services like that. So migrate that. Look at that list. If you've ever enabled email subscriptions, check to make sure that you transferred that over to something else. Or if you transfer to something where you can't just import the email addresses, then email those people and say, hi, I saw that you're subscribed to my RSS feed via email. Could you please resubscribe to this because I'm shutting such and such down? You know, do that. Be friendly. Be short, simple, to the point, and explain it well. Then third step, And this is the big one. Migrate your RSS subscribers. Moving away from FeedBurner is risky because you could lose some RSS subscribers. There are two ways to guarantee that you keep 100% of your RSS subscribers if you leave FeedBurner. Two ways. One is you have used a URL that you control on your domain, like the power, the WordPress default, like the audacity to podcast.com slash feed. That is totally in my control and it's powered by my WordPress site. If that's the feed I publish to everyone, and then sure, I redirect that somewhere in the back end to use FeedBurner, then I have 100% control over that and I can leave FeedBurner without losing any of my subscribers. The other way is if you use FeedBurner's free My Brand feature. This used to cost extra, but now it's free. And this is where you get to replace the feeds.feedburner.com portion of your uh, RSS address with something else that's branded to you. So what you're going to see is that I'm, I'm using feeds.noodle.mx slash 
the Audacity to Podcast. That's what I will be changing to. So using the My Brand feature is a built-in way. Now, it's a little bit more technical to sign up because you have to have access to add a C name record to your domain, but talk to your domain registrar where you have your .com or .tv or .whatever registered. Talk to them and find out how you can do this, or maybe it's with your web hosting provider, uh, depending on how things are set up for you. probably with your web hosting provider, but you need to set up this special DNS zone called a C name record. And Google provides some instructions on how to do this for the My Brand feature. And I have a link to their explanation about the My Brand feature in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97. So if you're doing that, again, you're using a domain you control entirely but it's pretty much just a mask to feed burner. It's not redirecting or anything. It's kind of a, a subdomain mask or redirect sort of to feed burner. It's more of a mask. Those two ways are the only ways you can guarantee you will keep 100% of your subscribers. Do you know why? It's because your subscribers are subscribed to a domain, an address that you have 100% total, that's redundant, control over what happens on that domain. See, if I'm using free or feeds.noodle.mx slash the audacity to podcast, I can do whatever I want with that. I could redirect it to the pink fluffy unicorns RSS feed if something like that exists. I could use my own podcast feed I could run that through FeedBurner if I want behind the scenes, but I can do whatever I want with that address. Similar thing with if I'm using myawesomepodcast.com or theaudacitypodcast.com slash feed, then that is totally in my control. Even if I rename my podcast, move domains, anything like that, I can still keep that old domain and set up a redirect so that none of my subscribers will miss anything and I won't lose anybody. That's the only way for you to keep 100% of your subscribers is if you have given out a domain that you have entire control of. Feedburner.com, you don't have control of. I don't have control of. Google won't give you absolute total control over what happens on that domain. So you don't have total control. And if you try and move away from it, you might lose some subscribers. But that's why I'm giving you these tips of how you can do it and not lose subscribers. So before I move on, I need to talk about what are 301 redirects. Just like when you move home addresses, maybe you move from an apartment to a house, you go to the post post office and you say, I'm moving. I need to forward all of my mail from my old address to my new address. We do the same thing on the internet because stuff on the internet moves around and the way that we forward the request for it, like when someone clicks on a link or they download a file or they type an address into their browser, the way we forward that is called a redirect. And there are two different kinds of redirects. There's a 307 redirect. That's temporary. This would be like going to the post office, going to the post office and saying, I'm going to be out of town on extended vacation for three months please forward all of my mail to this address for three months. Now, so they forward the mail to you, and the people who send you the mail don't know that you're at a different address. They just keep sending it at your old address. It gets forwarded to your new temporary location. Then when you get back home, you tell the post office, and then they send the email to your normal home. So you don't change your address for any subscriptions, No one needs to know your new address. All of your mail goes from the old address to your new address during that temporary time. That's just the same way that 307 redirect works, is it's a temporary redirect. It's still seamless, but it's not meant for anything permanent. It's just temporary. It won't notify any programs out there that your content has moved. It won't pass on any search engine juice for your changed address. It just redirects temporarily with the assumption that at some point you're going to change it back. Then there's a 301 redirect or 301 that is permanent. This is like actually moving your home address. So a request for a URL like a download 
someone clicks on a link or they type a URL in the browser, will still be seamlessly redirected to the new permanent URL, just like with the 307 redirect. But the difference is, in this process, there's some extra information sent to whatever program loaded that old address. It's basically saying, we've moved. Update your system. Just like if you go to the post office and say, please forward all of my mail to my new address and notify the sender that my address has changed. That's what a 301 redirect does. It notifies the sender or actually the requester that the address has changed. And many podcast clients and RSS readers will properly update too, which is awesome. Many of them, not all of them. Now, I can't trace it to a specific one yet uh, because of the way some of the stats are working, but some of the older ones or some of the not so popular ones are the ones that aren't properly updating. Now, as long as either a 307 or a 301 redirect is in place, as long as any kind of redirect is in place, any podcast program will get your new feed because it's forwarding those requests just like the post office. But a 301 notifies the place requesting the website or the download file or your RSS feed or whatever, notifies them that your address has permanently changed and those systems are then responsible to change what they're checking. So it's like when someone is sending you a magazine, it hits the post office, the post office forwards it to your new address, and then they contact the magazine sender for you and say, this person has changed addresses. Here's their new address. So at some point then the magazine company receives that and then they change your address in their system. So instead of sending your mail to your old address, which then goes to your new address, they just send it directly to your new address. That's what a 301 redirect is intended to do and what podcast programs are supposed to do when they get a 301 redirect. That's how iTunes works iTunes has a little extra thing that we'll also talk about that works really well on top of this. But a 301 redirect is the best way to do this. Now, the reason why I'm actually telling you these technical numbers is you need to know them so that when you're looking around, you can see that, oh, yes, this is a 301 redirect. That's exactly what I need. Or maybe your podcast host or website or whatever presents you with these options and you're wondering, 307, 301, which one do I want? Do I want temporary? Do I want permanent? Now, you know. 301 if it's something permanent, 307 if it's only temporary. But keep this in mind. A 301 redirect is only as good as long as it is maintained. Just like when you go to the post office and say, I have moved, send my mail to this new address, how long do you tell them to do that for? If you tell them to do it for a week, then any mail sent after that week will then go to your old address or they'll throw it away or they'll send it back or whatever. I don't know what the post office policy actually is there, but they won't deliver it to your new address after that time period has passed. Really, I think for a 301 redirect to be truly effective, it needs to remain in place for forever. Consider one of my podcasts. I have the clean comedy podcast, The Ramen Noodle. And I used to say in my web address, in my podcast episodes, that my web address was theramennoodle.com. Now you tell me, how do you spell ramen? And just listen to me pronounce it. I, I have a slight thing where it's a little bit difficult for me to pronounce my R's sometimes, especially at the beginning of words. So How do you spell the ramen noodle, let alone how do you pronounce it properly? Some people say ramen, ramen, I've heard. It's like, you know, you need to have the right emphasis on the syllables. But I still have that address, theramennoodle.com, in past podcast episodes where I say, go to theramennoodle.com slash 50. But in my new episodes, I had a chance to get the domain cleancomedypodcast.com, which is so much easier to say and to spell. It's a little bit more memorable, too. It makes more sense. Also, it's really good for search engine optimization. So I use that address now. But what I did is I still have the ramennoodle.com, and I will continue to renew that domain every year, but maintain it as a 301 redirect because someone might still hear an old podcast episode 
and they don't know that we've changed domains, so they'll enter into their browser, theramenoodle.com slash 50, and I want them to still get the content and be forwarded to the new address. So I have to maintain that 301 redirect for eternity, practically, or until I'm dead, (laughs) whichever comes first. So 301 redirect needs to stay in place indefinitely, really, to be truly effective. That's very important for you to know in a moment as we talk about what FeedBurner offers when you delete a feed. So now, after you've migrated your email addresses, after you've planned ahead, after you've changed what web address for your RSS feed is available to the public and what's out there and people are seeing and you've notified everyone, given them enough warning. So after all of that, after about four weeks or so of doing that, now it's time to work with things and move things around. Now, this step you can actually do a little bit earlier in the process, and that is to redirect your iTunes subscribers and affect your iTunes podcast directory listing. See, iTunes, no matter what you think about iTunes, iTunes is the number one podcast directory. Now, it is losing ground, especially to mobile clients, but some of these mobile clients use iTunes for their podcast directories. So they say, if you're in iTunes, you're in our mobile app directory. Woohoo! You don't have to do anything. That's fantastic. So you need to make sure that your iTunes listing is also up to date and pointing people to your new feed. So new subscribers, get your new feed. And people who are subscribed with iTunes or an Apple iOS uh, podcast app will get your new feed. There's a really easy way to do this because iTunes is really a smart podcast client. If you implement a 301 redirect, iTunes will figure this out and will update your feed for future use and your subscribers. But there's another thing, too, that takes this a little step further. And in some cases, I've seen this works better than just a 301 redirect. And that is to implement a special tag in your RSS feed. Now, that sounds really intimidating, but it's really quite easy if you're using PowerPress. So go to your PowerPress site, log into your WordPress site, go to the PowerPress settings, then the iTunes tab. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm still using SmartCast or something. And again, I recommend you use PowerPress to power your podcast feed. But even if you're using SmartCast, this feature still applies and it still works despite what SmartCast does to your RSS feed. So this will still work. Scroll down to the bottom of that iTunes tab and you'll see a spot that says set iTunes new feed URL. When you click that, it expands out and gives you certain warnings and such, and it gives you a little field where you can enter your new RSS feed URL. Enter it into that field and then click Save Changes. This will then add, resynchronize FeedBurner, by the way, probably. This adds an extra tag into your RSS feed that tells iTunes, iTunes subscribers, and the iTunes store or podcast directory slash catalog slash whatever you want to call it this week, It tells it that your podcast has a new feed URL. And so start pulling the podcast from this new address instead of the old address. I did this to you and you didn't know it. That's how seamless it is. Look at your, if you listen to the Audacity to Podcast in iTunes, look at your information for the Audacity to Podcast and look at the RSS feed. It used to be feeds.feedburner.com. But at the time that I'm recording this episode, it used to be feeds.feedburner.com slash the audacity to podcast. Now it's that same thing, but at the end, instead of just the audacity to podcast, it's the audacity to podcast dash mp3. I wanted to do a little experiment of separating out my iTunes subscribers, trying to separate out all my podcast subscribers from my blog subscribers. But this works really effectively for just moving the iTunes subscribers off my main feed and onto their own separate feed. So I did that and you didn't even notice it. Now, if you're listening to this episode much later than September 24th, 2012, then you might see that now the address is something completely different. It might be feeds.noodle.mx slash the audacity to podcast slash podcast or slash mp3 or something like that. I've implemented that without your having to do anything by changing the new feed URL. So once you've changed this, make sure you click Save Changes inside of PowerPress, and then iTunes and the iTunes Store will update and switch to using your new RSS feed. 
and your subscribers will never miss a beat. This is fantastic. Now this, again, iTunes and anything that refers to iTunes, not other programs. This is something that iTunes reads, other programs probably don't. And again, if you're using SmartCast and you want to use just this nice little feature to redirect people and you want to stay with using FeedBurner's SmartCast feature, I don't recommend it, but if you do, this tag, this new feed URL thing does still pass through. The SmartCast feature does not erase this. So that's great to know if you want to stick with SmartCast, but I don't recommend that. So after you've redirected your iTunes subscribers and the iTunes directory listing, then after a couple more weeks, it's time to do something really drastic. Delete your feed burner feed. This may cause you to panic because you're thinking, what? What about all those subscribers I have? But don't worry. FeedBurner has a special system in place for this that they will implement a 301 redirect for you when you delete your feed to an extent. So this is a drastic measure, but what happens, you can look at FeedBurner and they'll give you this extra information. They say, and I'm quoting from this, as a courtesy, FeedBurner offers publishers who delete a FeedBurner feed 30 days of complimentary traffic redirection. During the first 15 days of this 30-day period, subscriber requests for your FeedBurner feed will be redirected to your original source feed. And then they show you what that is. This is, by the way, the source feed that you have when you set up FeedBurner and you said burn my feed. This, that's your source feed whatever you have as your original source feed, that's what they'll point people back to. It continues, during days, so that's during the first 15 days, it's implementing a 301 redirect during those first 15 days. That's what you want. That's great. During days 16 to 30, this feed consists of a single item that reads, this feed is no longer active. A new feed is located at, and then it gives, again, your source feed or your original source feed. After day 30, your feed will be permanently deleted and return an HTTP 404 feed not found message. You can use this period to notify your subscribers of the change so they can update their feed readers with your original address. Now, I don't recommend that you ask them to update things. But this is really, this is nice that they offer this 301 redirect system. And it's great, but I really think 15 days is much too short. I really wish this would be a 30-day or a 90-day, that's my preference, a 90-day 301 redirect. Or really, I wish we could have the option to set up a 301 redirect and delete it whenever we want. That's what I ultimately wish FeedBurner would offer, but they don't. They offer this 15-day thing and then 15 days of this message inside of your feed. So when you want to do this, first, wait a couple weeks after you implement the iTunes new feed URL tag. You want to do that first before you start moving your feed and pointing it in different places. Then log into FeedBurner and open your feed that you're going to work with, again, just one at a time. Click on the edit feed details link and then ensure that your original feed is whatever you want your new RSS feed address to be. If you have to make any changes, then click save feed details if you've changed anything there. But otherwise, you see it, you know what your original source feed is. That's what people are going to be uh, redirected to in just a moment. Then click delete feed near the top. When you do this, it presents you the warning and it tells you why it's going to do. Make sure that you put a check mark on use 30-day redirection. Then click delete feed. Now you're not finished yet. There's still something very important to go on from here because remember, this then starts a timer that the first 15 days, it'll do a 301 redirect to your source feed, which you could have changed before now. Don't change it after this. You can't change it after this but you should have had as what you want people to be subscribed to instead of your feed burner address. So it will redirect them for the first 15 days to that address. After that, for the next 15 days, it 
doesn't do any redirection and it has one item in the feed that says this feed is no longer active. A new feed is located at and it gives your original source feed address. But I would say that 15 days is just not long enough for this. I really think it needs to be longer than that. But most programs probably will update gracefully, but some people may not check their feed within 15 days. Some programs may not properly redirect. So you kind of have two options at this point. One is you could let FeedBurner show that message and then let the feed die. So let the whole thing run its course just as is, and you will lose some subscribers with this. But what I recommend instead is your second option is after either 15 days or 30 days, restart your FeedBurner feed. The reason why I say either 15 or 30 is you have the option of interrupting that 30-day process before it posts that single item to say the feed has changed, a new feed is located at this address. You have the option of interrupting that and deleting your feed completely Or you could let that message post. It's up to you. Do you want that to display in your RSS feed for a little while? If you're working with a podcast feed, that post will not show up in a podcast program like iTunes. In certain other programs, it may. But it won't show up in iTunes. So your iTunes people will not get anything for 30 days until you do something. So I recommend delete your feed, restart your feed after 15 days. So the way that you do that is... Go to your feed after you've gone through that 15-day redirection period, then click delete permanently. When you look at your list of feeds, click the link that says delete permanently. Your feed is now gone. So no feed moved message or anything like that. It's now gone. Then reburn your feed with that original source URL and use the exact same feed burner address. So in my case, if I used feeds.feedburner.com slash the audacity to podcast. I would reburn with my original source URL, and then my FeedBurner URL would be the exact same thing, feeds.feedburner.com slash the audacity to podcast. Now, you could then repeat the previous few steps of deleting your feed, setting up that 15-day redirection. So you could do this over and over and over again for 30 to 90 days by splitting it up in 15-day segments. So set a timer or a reminder on your calendar or something that every 15 days, permanently delete your feed, start it back up again, then delete it again. So you get another 15 days of a 301 redirect. Then at some point when you decide, this has been enough, I've left enough of my feed here, then you can decide to, what I recommend is reopen your feed and leave it. Let it pull content from your original source and then leave it there so it continues to function just like the way FeedBurner always functioned. The benefit here is that if someone is using some kind of software that just will not update what feed it's subscribed to, doing this ensures that they still receive your content. I have a particular RSS feed that I've tried this on many times. I've deleted it, restarted it, deleted it, restarted it, always doing that 301 redirect. And sure enough, it redirected iTunes and certain other clients fine. But every time I've reopened the feed, I would see that it still had 50 to 60 subscribers every day on it. So that's 50 to 60 subscribers that I would lose if I let the feed completely die. So at this point, the feed still exists inside of FeedBurner. I'm not doing the delete and redirect thing again. Well, I'm going to try it again, actually, to see if I can knock down that number anymore. But I still have 50 to 60 subscribers on it. And some of us, that might be the number of subscribers we have total. And this is just a deleted feed that has 50 to 60 subscribers. Do I really want to cut off 50 to 60 people from the content that they used to receive automatically? just because it's inconvenient for me to leave an extra feed. No, I want to leave that there so it's convenient for them to stay subscribed and they still receive the content. Now, if FeedBurner shuts down, I would lose those subscribers and there's nothing I can do about it after I've tried doing my 301 redirects and their programs don't update. If FeedBurner shuts down, I lose them completely. 
But at that point, I would hope they've moved over. So if you're one of those people, then change your feed. So when you do this, it can give you 15 to 90 to however many days you want to keep deleting and reopening your feed, and it sets up that 301 redirect. So this should handle most of your people, and it points them from your old RSS feed to the new one. Now, one of the things that when we're talking about moving completely away from FeedBurner and not even like doing some little looping system so it still goes through FeedBurner before hitting your source feed, if we're talking about completely leaving FeedBurner, one of the things I know many people are still connected to, and I'm attached to this, are the RSS stats that show you how many subscribers you have on a given day. Well, you need to know something very important. Those numbers are not accurate at all. Just like the pirate rules and code, these are just like guidelines. The nature of RSS stats means that it's not really going to truly reflect how many listeners you have. And the listeners or the downloads are the more important number than your subscribers. The subscribers number is great because you know in general, how many people are signed up to automatically receive your content. It's not accurate at all. But if you have 100 RSS subscribers a year ago, and then 200 subscribers this year, then you can see, oh, it looks like I doubled my subscribers. So that's what I mean by generally. But that doesn't mean you have 200 subscribers today. You might have 500 subscribers. But FeedBurner is only catching 200 of them. And here's why. Here's why RSS stats really aren't reliable. For three reasons. One, RSS stats don't account for people who visit your website and click play on the page. That will not count in RSS stats. You know why? Because they're visiting your website. They're not visiting your RSS feed. They're visiting your website. So that won't count toward your RSS stats. And that's someone, a listener, who is not considered a subscriber, or maybe they are a subscriber, but they're clicking on your page instead of getting the episode through your RSS feed. Second thing is RSS stats count only how many people or how many clients, podcast programs, or blog readers and RSS readers check the feed on one day. It's not telling you how many actual subscribers you have. You might have a thousand subscribers, but on this one particular day, only a tenth of those people had iTunes open, so it only showed a hundred subscribers. Even though you have a thousand people who are subscribed, only 100 people checked it on that day. So your RSS stats in FeedBurner, it might be different with FeedBlitz, it'd be awesome if it is, but with FeedBurner, your RSS stats are only limited to that one day day. Then the third thing, tied very close to that second thing, third thing is RSS stats do not account for the overlap or lack thereof between days. Let's consider that you have 100 subscribers on Monday and 100 subscribers on Tuesday. How many actual subscribers do you have? Well, you could actually have 100 or you could have 200 subscribers. Here's why that number is so different. If you have 100 subscribers on Monday and they all close their podcast programs Monday night and they don't open them on Tuesday, then the number of subscribers you have on Tuesday are completely different people. But it still looks like you have only 100 subscribers because you see that number again for a second day. But also think about how many people leave their podcast programs open and let their podcast programs check your RSS feed every day or maybe multiple times in a day. Then they'll show up as a subscriber on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and on Thursday for as many days as they leave their podcast program open or check their feeds. So there could be some overlap. If you have 50 people who stay, who leave their podcast program open every day, only we'll say you have 100 people on one day, 100 people on the next day, but 50 of those people left their program open across both days, then that means you have 150 subscribers because 50 people left it open. So that's where the 50 comes from for both days. But then 50 people on one day and 50 people on the other day only check the feed on that one day. 
their respective day. That's why RSS stats are not reliable at all. So if you're looking at FeedBurner and so attached to the RSS stats, I understand. I like seeing subscriber stats. I like seeing that, wow, this is, this is really good. I've done a good job of converting website visitors to subscribers or the number of my subscribers are going up. Yeah, that's really nice to see. I do like that. That's handy. It's not accurate at all, but it is handy to see that. It's a guideline, not at all accurate. What's far more accurate are download numbers. And if you want, go back to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, episode eight, not 80, eight of the Audacity to Podcast. I talked about the difference between media stats, website stats, and RSS stats. Now, I I should go back and listen to that because I think I might want to update some information, but still, that explains much of the difference for you and goes into more detail. Now, there are certain other things that FeedBurner offers as options that you may be really attached to. Now, all of those things, though, you could probably do with plugins on WordPress. Don't go plug-in crazy. Consider, are these things really important? Like the browser-friendly page for RSS feeds, I would say is not important because most browsers recognize an RSS feed and know what to do with it and offer something for you to do with it or offer plugins to download. Like Chrome, now, you click on an RSS feed in Chrome, by default, it then recommends some Chrome web apps you can use to read that RSS feed. It's really cool. And other browsers are doing that too and other smart things. So you don't really need that browser-friendly thing. There are some other things that you could do that you could change with podcast or with feed plugins on your WordPress site. But the most popular thing that people use inside of FeedBurner on their podcast feeds are to give their podcasts a specific title for iTunes and for their podcast subscribers. So maybe my website, well, yeah, I have a personal website at danieljlewis.net. Maybe I want to start a audio podcast over there that's just my random thoughts about web design that could be it random thoughts about web design that's the name of my podcast over there this is all pretend i don't have that podcast so the site address is danieljlewis.net the site's title is daniel j lewis but the podcast title is my random website thoughts or random web design thoughts so the way to change that would then be activate custom podcast channels inside of PowerPress, then go to PowerPress podcast channels, click on uh, click on the default channel that it already has listed there because this will be uh, a spot that it automatically adds this into your options. When you click on that, then you can change your podcast title to whatever it is, and it tells you what feed URL you need to give it. If you're using the default podcast-only feed URL, you don't need to change anything. It just overrides that. And any other information, you can override your PowerPress defaults by setting them on that channel level, but uh, you can do that or leave it blank and use this the defaults that you already set in the PowerPress overall settings. Then make sure that you save your changes there. So any other settings like that, find a plugin for it, or if there's something very specific that you need, comment on the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97, and I'll either convince you that you don't need it, or I'll let you know what you could use instead, or someone else from the community might know of a good tool. So what am I going to do with all of this? How am I going to change? Because all of my podcasts are in FeedBurner. Right now, all of them have according to FeedBurner, zero subscribers. And they've had that. They've had zero subscribers for the last several days, according to FeedBurner. Again, that's the thing. This is a major example where RSS subscriber stats are not accurate or reliable. It says I have zero subscribers, completely not reliable at all. So what I'm going to do is I do like having the RSS subscriber stats. So what I plan is I'm going to implement the FeedBurner My Brand feature. So all of my podcast feeds will be feeds.noodle.mx slash something. But it will still go through FeedBurner, so I'll still get those stats. I might do this where I set up a separate FeedBurner feed. So instead of the Audacity to Podcast, it would be the Audacity to Podcast 1. 
And then that way I can see the numbers of the old feed go down and the numbers of the new feed go up. And then by giving my name, my domain name out there, people being subscribed to that instead of feeds.feedburner.com. If anything changes in the future, I can change it because I have absolute total control over that domain name. So if FeedBurner ever shuts down, I can change and no one will notice anything different because I will change that in the back end by using my own domain. Now, if your head exploded from this or is close to exploding, please let me help you. I can do all of this for you. Like I said, it is an involved process. It takes a while to do, to do it effectively. But if you'd like to do this and just don't have the time or if all of this information was too much for you, please let me know. And I can change this for you at $200 per feed. And that price can go down if you have more feeds that you want moved around and depending on your situation. So email me. Regular email contact information and feedback works feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221 or if you go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 97 I have in there the actual email address that you could use it just gets sorted differently in my inbox and a different phone number that you could use if you want to do that and I'll eventually have a contact a special request form where if you want to hire me to do this to for you you can just go on there, say all of your feeds, give me your uh, username and password and all of that and stuff, and it would automatically come to me and I could have all of that right there. So watch the audacity to podcast.com for that. So I hope this is helpful. I hope that if you decide to move from FeedBurner, that this will be uh, very helpful to you and make it possible for you to do that. But if you can't, if you don't have the time or it seems too complicated, takes too long, whatever, then please let me know and you can hire me to move that stuff for you. And I'll give you an accurate quote based on how many feeds you have and how complicated they are. Remember, the 100 podcasting tips for the 100th episode. 100th episode is coming up on October 15th at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's GMT minus four. I'll record that live over at noodle.mx slash live. It'll be totally awesome. Please send me your tips to that for that. That's feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com and keep your tips shorter than 20 seconds, audio or written. And then I will include links in the show notes for that episode where it will say uh, such and such tip from this person uh, from this podcast or whatever your website address is. And also remember the podcast awards. Nominations open up on October 1st, 2012. So please go to podcastawards.com, figure out all of the podcasts that you want to nominate, and please nominate our podcasts. You can choose anything you want for the people's choice and best produced, but here's where I'd ask that you place the Noodle Mix Network podcast. Under business, please put Eric Fisher's Beyond the To-Do List from beyondthetodolist.com. Under comedy, put The Ramen Noodle at cleancomedypodcast.com. Under entertainment, put One's Podcast from onespodcast.com. Under um, religion inspiration, put Christian Meets World from ChristianMeetsWorld.com. And under technology, put The Audacity to Podcast from TheAudacityToPodcast.com. And I would greatly appreciate that if you do that. And it'd be awesome to get some new people coming and also nominate your other favorite shows and get your own show nominated and watch for the voting to open probably in November, I'm guessing, for the voting and vote every day for the podcasts in those categories that you want to win the awards. Just getting in the list of nominations is really cool. So get your own podcasts in there if you can. Encourage your audience and encourage your audience to vote for their favorite podcasts and nominate their favorite podcasts too, in addition to yours. So I'd love it if you nominate our podcasts. And again, check out the totally awesome podcast that Eric Fisher has on our network now, Beyond the To-Do List at beyondthetodolist.com. It is in the top three under business in the iTunes podcast directory. That is totally awesome. Eric has done an amazing job with it. It's got some amazing content. And so you have got to go listen to that. That's at beyondthetodolist.com. 
So this has been a lot of information, and I'll be honest in telling you that this is the second time I recorded it because the first time I felt it was way too choppy. But I'm also going to put all of this into a video that will be much shorter and show this process on an actual site showing what it looks like to do each of these steps and where you need to enter this information. So watch for that on the audacitypodcast.com. I'll post that video uh, definitely on YouTube, and I may, may also upload it into the RSS feed as well. So you can check that out. Then for the show notes for this episode and the links and, and everything else that I mentioned, get the very th- th- very thorough show notes over at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 97. Send your feedback for future episodes or questions or comments or anything like that. Or if you'd like to hire me to design stuff for you, like podcast cover art or one-on-one consulting to help you start podcasting or anything like that, contact me through any of this information. That is email feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to theaudacitytopodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab over on the right side to record a message right from your computer. And join me live when I record this podcast on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. That's GMT minus four at noodle.mx slash live. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. And maybe you need some duct tape too to keep your head from exploding from this. Please follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thanks for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed, like Beyond the To-Do List, Personal Productivity Conversations, The Ramen Noodle Clean Comedy Podcast, Once, Once Upon a Time Podcast, Christian Meets World, Christian Worldview Podcast, and more at noodle.mx. That's the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.